In a world where heresy blankets the airwaves, religious stuffed shirts suck the life out of Sunday morning, and prosperity teachers rob grandmothers of their pensions, three unassuming ministers endeavor to shine the light of biblical theology and put the fun back in fundamentalism. Broadcasting live from the Hall of Dogma... Brought to you this week by Flying Pigs, Ice Skating in Hell, and Humble Alabama Fans. Welcome in to episode 97 of the Gospel Friends. I am the Reverend Verbage. I am the Humble Alabama Fan in question, Chase Thompson. I, oh, not. Captain Crunchy, whatever you call me. I'm and I am Emmanuel the General Marsh. You guys know what Flying Pigs, Ice Skating in Hell, and Humble Alabama Fans all represent? Um... I don't know. It's not computing for some reason. The, the year 1997. Things you thought you would never see. <laughs> Just uh, like the recording of this episode. Nice. As it has been a while since we have been together. It's good to see you guys. It's good to see you too, David. Good to have all of us here, all of the hosts of the Gospel Friends. That sounds a little us. like you're baiting somebody. <laughs> Well, if I was, they'd probably never hear it. Probably not. I guess we're safe. <laughs> I guess we're okay. How you guys been? I, I've been I've been good. Awesome. So, Chase, let me ask you a question. Sure. Uh, this is uh, there's a lot of questions that the uh, gospel friends fans out there have right now. Yep. One, one popular question is where we where have we been? Where have we been? Why that's, have that's we not one. been recording? episodes yeah that's a big question that, that is a big question um the second most popular question is will they ever hear this one since you're in charge of the editing wait how did i get to be in charge of the ed- editing well you, haven't you seems al- like a bad haven't bad you idea. always been in charge of the editing i, I don't think so did someone I'll, did someone else used to edit that i know i this is Emmanuel. Like have you, do you edit episodes. this show i know i haven't done it the whole time i, I do not you can't pay me to edit yeah, I wish we could pay Chase to edit. Well, we're not paying me to edit either. <laughs> so how about let's not news. let's not make any mistakes. When will this let's when will this podcast? Let's leave the swearing to a minimum aired. and just. Well, let's just say this podcast is being recorded in the latter half of the 2010s. <laughs> just so you know, nobody gets too suspicious when right. 2019 rolls around. Here's how Chase. Here's how yet. Chase operates. Okay, this is what will happen. There'll be a Facebook post tonight. Look for a new episode of the Gospel Friends sometime tomorrow. <laughs> then tomorrow night there'll be a coming this week, a new episode of the Gospel Friends. And on Wednesday, I promise you, a new episode of the Gospel Friends. <laughs> exactly. And on Friday it'll it'll air. It'll post. And here's a reference that, no, that nobody will get, but it's like, you know, waiting for Doctor Doctor Dre's detox to drop and he promises it and he promises it and you promises it and still no detox and then finally he just scraps it. I think that's a nice. I think that's a country singer. I don't listen to country. So. I was going to ask you, David, if you actually had any idea who Dr. J no, was. I don't. No, actually, he's a medical doctor. I know. Well, <laughs> yes. I wouldn't know who he is either. I don't who, like who, those who makes music either. in his spare time. Is he really? No. Oh. <laughs> I, I think I believe that you were serious <laughs> with gonna... that statement, and I, this is one of the reasons why I hate that we didn't have Periscope or some sort of video going because the look on his face was—I'm I, I, just devastated that nobody can see that. I—I th- I thought that. Um, I mean, I knew you were just kidding. Well, look, I, I know you're white, David. 
But how do you not know who Dr. Dre is? I know who Dr. Dre is. I didn't. I thought the whole thing about he's really a doctor who does rap on the side was true. Okay. <laughs> and that's where he got his name. All right. That, that's really interesting. <sighs> By the way, I, I will say uh, we had a we had a post in the Hall of Dogma, which is our Facebook group. You can go to hallofdogma.com, and it'll automatically redirect you there. People are still there hanging out. They are. They're <laughs> waiting. Yeah, they've been waiting. Waiting with Just bated sitting, breath. Sitting in, and waiting. Including Pamela Casanova. Uh, she says, if this is an obvious question, sorry I missed it, what happened to the podcast? Haven't seen an episode up in a month, and I don't see any posts on here about it. Anyway, I love the Gospel Friends, and clearly you were missed. Well, Pamela, that is very kind of you. Thank you very much. Um, we're we're doing of, this because of you, Pamela. Yes, this is uh, this is a shout-out to Pamela. Um, where have we been? What, let's let's kind of get real now. Why have we not been doing the podcast? You You start, Chase. Um, I actually didn't, I didn't know what we were going to say. I was going to kick it to you first and, and let you stumble around. I've talked for a while. Over to you, man. Why have we not been doing the podcast? I don't know. Nobody filled me in. I, I figured it's because David has a bunch of kids. Chase has a bunch of kids. And men who have a bunch of kids aren't allowed to really do things they want to do. That actually sounds like a pretty, that's possible. Pretty good reason that's right possible. there. Men who have a bunch of kids aren't allowed to do what they want to do. All right, tell you what, I'm going to give a 30-second where have we been. Okay. And then when I'm done, you give us a 30-second where are we going. How about that? Sounds great. Okay. Go. And let's see which one of us has the easier time. (laughs) Okay. All right, so bottom line, I guess, is that, you know, it was kind of a combination of things. Um, Nick has been on sabbatical. Yes. And... and, uh, uh, with good reason. With good reason. Yeah. Nick's not, had some good reason. Needed, needed, reason. He's he's needed to take some uh, take a break, and he's got some just kind of things going on, both ministry and personal, that he needs to uh, that he's having to you know to deal with. Nothing. And, and I understand. You, <laughs> Shout from, out to Nick. I hope your uh, your time at NA is is uh, <laughs> is uh, productive. And I understand yeah. you and Nick both have told me that this is pretty much a total break from podcasting, right? So there's, you know, yeah, he just yeah. needs to not. Now he's on just any not being. Podca- he's okay, just okay. not doing podcasting right now. Just so cold turkey. I mean, that's, that's if you to- were that's listening totally to cool. any other podcast yeah. in the hall, you would not hear Nick on it. Okay, yeah, I'm just making sure, you know. Now, it, by the way, not it's nothing ominous. It's just you know we really are. I mean, all three. Uh, uh, well, four of us. Uh, even I'll throw a manual in here, just but not include a manual. Well, I was about to say with the three guys and who kind of launched really the gospel friends. Dr. Dre. I was going to say with the three of the us intensity. who launched the gospel friends. Right. Okay, that we are. Um, you know, all have families. All are pastoring, uh, ministering at a church, and all have jobs. And those things get complicated at times. And uh, I would throw Emmanuel in on that now, who has children and child, 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 ministry and a job. Although Emmanuel always finds time to podcast. So really, that's why I was not lumping him in on that. Because Emmanuel wears pants. (laughs) (laughs) So we've had a difficult time really just trying to balance all of those things. And it had been going on for a while. Uh, we had tried a variety of different things, including recording two shows at one time, yep. which was not working, as Emmanuel pointed out to me, was probably making things worse because we were really kind of wearing ourselves out. So, Whew, Podcasting. 
That's like ditch digging. It's it's hard. It's harder. Than we were going think. five hours at a time on a Sunday afternoon. So did you know why? I yeah. think we got to a point where we were just we need to take a break mm. and figure out what we were going to do. Okay. So now we're back. And you're going to explain to everybody what we're going to do. Well, that was a good, evangelistically speaking, 30 seconds. Yeah. I, will, I will say that. Um, you, well, you, it was 30 seconds that. in preacher time. Yeah, yeah, preacher, preacher, 30 seconds. Okay, let me get, let me give my preacher 30 seconds of where we're going. You mean like where the show's going? What what's, yeah. what's happening? How many more episodes are we going to do? Of the Gospel Friends. Oh, that's a that's a great question. Did Did you guys notice how? Uh, the the lady who posted was just kind of a normal looking person. Yeah, that kind of struck me. Why? Uh, are you of, saying most of the people who listen to this show are not normal looking? There's. Th- uh, let me get back to your question, David. <laughs> um, you, We're you recording kinda, episode ninety seven. Kind of got me trapped in a quarter here. Uh, I was kidding. We really don't know what we're doing, right? I suspect we're going to make it to a hundred, but you know what? That's not a guarantee. And after 100, we're going to see what happens. We're going to see what happens. Okay. Stay tuned. Stay tuned indeed. All right. How about for today? That's a, that's a, that's another We've got a question. serial review. we got maybe even two serial reviews. We have two serial reviews. Shout out to, to Haley, yep. who provided us with serial, also largely a normal person. We have What Were You Thinking? Mm-hmm. What Were You Thinking? Mm-hmm. We, we have, have the... Do you want to do this or me? Did I ask you? Oh, that, I, that sounds a little aggressive. Did I ask you, Emmanuel? Can I borrow your gun? No, I'm asking. Did I? Did I? Because if I ask you, I should let you go. I don't remember. Okay, I you, didn't get them sleep. Last you go night. ahead. Uh, we are going to be doing big deal or little deal. Yep. And you guys are going to pick uh, some of the topics we're going to do because I got four and we don't have time for that. Okay. And finally, we're going to do the general's take. What's your take going to be on today, General? Youth sports. Awesome. Oh boy, that's going to be good. And church attendance, right? <laughs> Just gonna tick everybody yeah, we'll, off. We'll, we'll throw in church attendance as well. I would also I'm just sit and listen to that one. I would also like to throw out to uh, everyone who's listening that if there is anyone out there who would like to fully fund us as um, full time podcasters, we can guarantee you episodes of the Gospel Friends for years to come. That sounded a little desperate. Really, a, l- a little. Sometimes desperate works. That's what most podcasts do. They, they beg for money. Either money, you know, uh, support us through Patreon. No, we don't have any of that. Uh, buy things through our Amazon affiliate account. Don't have that either. Well, we have a box uh, of t-shirts. We, never we do have a box of t-shirts. Selling. Or give us give us a review on iTunes and help. Oh, please we've do done give that. us a review and help. On uh, that and, and that enlar- helps enlarge our territory and, yes. and our fame and notoriety. So we th- so we th- <laughs> we can monetize that. How about we sell that box? Territory's of- in the Bible, isn't it? When did the prayer yes, Jabez prayer for, Jabez. for the gospel friends? Nice. Hey. We could sell that box of T-shirts for seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, and we could we could do a bunch of episodes for quite a few years. Because you, you let's say you make one hundred and fifty grand a year at the church uh, every six months. Oh, okay, so that's only gonna last us. <laughs> we might need more than that. That's Maybe. a good way to raise money: is auction things off. Well, Half-eaten boxes of cereal. Oh, nice. Um, uh, John the Baptist that are only missing one arm. <laughs> I will give you. Uh, I will if you will send me a thousand dollars. I will send you the top five people at a, at the Hall of Dogma Church that Chase loves, and the top and the bottom five people at 
Hall of Dogma Church. Ooh, that sounds juicy. I might <laughs> yeah. have to you say a thousand dollars for bucks. that. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's top five and bottom five for a thousand bucks. Will you split it with me? No. Or how about <laughs> this? Well, I'm, not, I'm not telling you. <laughs> I know who they are. You don't have to tell me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You love right. everyone. The tell same. me. Tell me who's number four on the least liked list, and we'll see if you know my list. Janet T. No. <laughs> Let's get going. <laughs> Let's do. All right, guys, we're going to do big deal or little deal today. That is the part of the show where I tell you a little bit about a story and you tell me whether you think it's a big deal, little deal, or no deal. I've and missed why. this segment. I used to I, love this it too. on the old Gospel Friends show. I, I did too. And we did discover on a recent show uh, several months ago that we completely stole this from the Mike and Mike show on ESPN. And then we forgot again that we completely stole it, yeah. and so we put it back in the show notes. So that's actually why we haven't been here. We've been we've been, been, we've been with them illegal. We've been we've been in court. Yeah. So, but we came out on top. That's why we're still using the big deal, right. little deal moniker in your face, ESPN. Okay. So first story is uh, brought to us this week by uh, a guy, I have no idea how to pronounce his name, at the Blazing Center. I assume it's Stephen Altrogi. He writes about outraged Target and the bathroom controversy. You dun, guys dun, dun. know the story. Target has said that they're going to allow any gender to use any restrooms. Christians, at least some Christians, have responded with a resounding threat to boycott Target. That's shocking. That is a little shocking. Christian's calling for a boycott. Yes. It so, must be something new for this year. It's unheard of. <laughs> I am going to ask you guys a question. It's not like what Target is think? trying to not, you know, not they're not issuing ma- marriage licenses or anything. Or just, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. They're not, they're not using solid colored coffee cups. What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> So specifically, if we can do this without either one of you getting triggered, okay. um, <laughs> do you think this is a the boycott of Christians of Target? Is this a big deal, a little deal, or no deal? And do you agree with the boycott? David, I'll go to you first. Uh, it is, I think, a little deal because we are, we are a boycott-loving bunch. So I, I We do love our boycotts. I think that's kind of the the... Um, typical response that we have is that uh, we're just going to boycott. Uh, so, but I, I I'm going to uh, actually agree with the boycott, and I'm going to give you a reason why. Now, if you've listened to the Gospel Fringe for any length of time, or even if you go back to our old video cast we used to do called Faith Today. I am on record as not being a fan of Christian boycotts. I was not a fan when we boycotted. You know, the whole Starbucks debacle, which I think we've been boycotting for years now, and a variety of times that this has come up, I have said I'm not for them, primarily because I don't think they work, I don't think it's going to get anyone saved, and outrage is just not appealing. And I still agree with that, but, but I will tell you why I am somewhat for a private boycott of target this is why uh let me let me compare it to the starbucks thing starbucks was a company that was started in seattle one of the most lost cities in america if you will mm-hmm. unchurched okay they apologies to our seattle listeners yeah so sorry for that but You're likely unchurched they, they they were it was started by hippies who 
liberals and they were for gay rights and 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 so you know i felt like when the company came here and they did things that made christians mad like my whole response was you knew that originally like that's their whole company makeup that's the dna exactly like they're not trying to you're not the target audience anyway and um and quite honestly you can't really get another great cup of coffee someplace like you can starbucks here's why i think it's different with target i feel like target has primarily um they're they're like the people they're trying to go after is the families like they want they've come in and they they promote themselves as the higher class walmart and they want families to come there and families to do their shopping and buy the clothes and, and, and groceries and what have you, if you have a super target. And so I felt like when Target did what they did, which, by the way, was not out of pressure of other companies coming out on this issue. Like It wasn't like Walmart came out on it and Target felt pressure. They stepped out front and said, you know what, we want to lead out on this. You can just use whichever bathroom you want at our stores. I felt like that was kind of a slap in the face to the people that they were trying to uh, get to come and, and do business in their stores all those years. This, to me, was not like the Starbucks. Starbucks wasn't slapping anybody in the face with what they've done because that's who they were to begin with. But I felt like, to me, Target, uh, that was a slap in the face to their customer base to families. So my wife asked me, she said, do you think we should not go to Target? And I said, here's, here's what I would say. If we need something and we can get it at another store like Walmart that, that has not come out on this issue and, 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 and uh, went in this direction, then I would say we go buy it there. If we absolutely have to have it and the only place we can get it is Target, then that's fine. Go to Target. Don't put it on Facebook. Don't put it on Twitter. We don't need to make an announcement about it on YouTube. It can be something that we just do privately ourselves. Of course, I'm talking about it on a podcast now, but it's just something that we can do, and we don't have to make a big deal out of it, but we can just, that can be kind of our family ideal, is that we just, we won't go there unless we have to. Um I still think that Christian outrage is not appealing, it's not attractive, and it's not going to save anybody, so we're not going to go on Target and make a big deal out of it. So, sorry for the diatribe, but little deal, because we do it all the time. I do happen to agree with at least my family privately, the boycott, but it's not a it's not a total across-the-board thing for me. I'd just rather give my business to somebody who is at least not uh, kind of slapping me in the face on some of these on this issue my thought okay sounds good over to you emmanuel how do we uh, what do you think about this issue this one's kind of a tough one because i'm kind of in uh, straddling the uh, straddling the fence a little bit on it because i'm like david i don't like boycotts i especially don't like loud christian boycotts um if christians wanted to kind of quietly boycott I think I'd be okay with it. By the way, this, the boycott may be working. I know Target, their stock shares have been dropping. Um, I read mm. an article this morning about that. Um, but I, like I always say, I don't understand why Christians get so bent out of shape 
when lost people act like lost people. It's like, what mm-hmm. do you expect Target to do? It's like, I don't know why we assume that lost people are going to follow our code of, 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 of conduct or our, our biblical uh, values. Um, like, it didn't bother me when Target, I don't shop at Target much anyway, because not because of where they stand on issues, because they're expensive. And, you know, um, but I, I just don't like loud boycotts. And I think it makes you. I don't think they have the intended consequence, the intended um, uh, consequences that we really want. Like it doesn't glorify God in any way. Um, not saying the boycott does in itself, but just the the way it's done. Like if you just want to say you're going to draw a line. And I also think it it backs Christians into a corner. Because if you're going to not support a company because they're liberal and have liberal views, then you can't have any electronics <laughs> at all. Don't have an odd mm-hmm. device. You, don't, you can't have a you can't have an Android device either. I mean, they're big. Google is big. You know, you can't use Google search engines. You can't use YouTube. Google owns that. Um, like what you're, you're backing yourself into a, a corner. Um, can't watch can't watch most movies and you're not saving anybody you're not saving yeah you're not saving no one's coming to know jesus because you're not going to target exactly um so i think it's 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 a big deal in the sense that i think it makes christians i think it makes christians look unchristlike if that if not not because they're taking a stand, but because how how the what the stand looks like. People in Target with Bibles shouting at people and stuff like that. Um, like they're Target, they've always been liberal. And were they from Minnesota? I think. Yeah. The base mean, uh, most most large companies kind of are, and even if they aren't liberal, they kind of have to be liberal just for the bottom line. It's kind of like. Well, everybody else is doing it. And if we don't do it, then the gay people are going to come after us, or this group is going to come after us. So we kind of got to, you know, just to avoid a PR nightmare, we're going to play along. Um, I, to me, I, I was telling this is what I told my wife. For me, it, it was more of wanting to say, and it's not like, uh, for example, Walmart is a, you know, uh, they love Jesus at every level or anything like that. Um, but to me, it was more of saying I would rather reward the companies that are hedging on the the cultural pressure to make you know to come out and say, "Hey, we're you know you you can use any bathroom you want. We're transgender friendly here," and and I would rather reward those companies who are not bending to that mm-hmm. by shopping for them. Honestly, I think you get better quality products at Target. <laughs> <laughs> I think you, but prices at Walmart are usually cheaper, yeah. and so I, I'm just saying I would rather reward the companies. That's to me is more what it's about. I've always been a man who preferred cheap over quality in all areas of life. I see. There you go. So <laughs> you can get the things somewhere else. Starbucks, you really can't. Where are you going to get another good cup of coffee? Look, I think the Starbucks coffee is. I mean, don't I tell to, me Dunkin' Donuts. Good. I mean, I go to Octane. It's a local place. They have uh, they have other ones in other states in Atlanta. I think around um, here. But I mean, and I go to Starbucks, and you know, and I, I, I've got Starbucks products in my fridge right now, and I know they're godless liberals, and they're gonna bust hell wide open, <laughs> and they, but, you, but they, you're gonna enjoy the fruit of the uh, the spoils of war. Yes, I'm gonna drink that coffee that's been sacrificed to idols. You know, it's just I, I, I don't care. 
Um, I've got an Android phone, Google, godless liberals. They're going to bust hell wide open as well. You're going to enjoy their tech. And I'm going to use it to the glory of God. That's just how I am. I don't, I don't have time to sift through everybody's. Now, the way that Piper handles it, because, if, you know, we've got to bring Piper into it. Well, we have to. Um, he says he uses a company until they're in your face with it. Yeah. And then after he didn't try to investigate. And, yeah. and, and once they're in his face, um, then he'll just. He, he feels the need. Yeah. To, that's he, why he stopped eating at Burger King. Exactly. Because they got in your face about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I guess that's a. I guess that's a way to do it, but if it's really that big of a deal, shouldn't you be trying to like investigate? Uh, like if it's, yeah, I don't know, you know. But so I just it, feel Target handled this wrong, and there was no need for them to. They were trying to make a point. Um, there, there was no need for them, and other I, than the, other than they wanted to make this, and the they reason, to make the point. yeah, and the reason this issue, I think, irritates people is because everybody knows that transgenderism is a mental disorder. Everybody knows it. People, people who are transgender know it. You know, the medical community know it. The psychiatric community know it. Everybody knows it. And but it's like the emperor's new clothes. Nobody wants to say it out loud because you just don't feel like dealing with a hassle. And so people get really, you know, exercised about it because it's just like it's just dumb. Um, but it's their bathrooms. They can do what they want to do with them. Um, and nobody had to make a, a deal out of it. No, honestly, you didn't. Or they could have just did just did bathrooms that just, you know, family bathrooms. Or I mean, there's other ways to do it. Um, they could have just not said anything and let people walk into bathrooms and scare, you know, <laughs> large six foot four hairy women walk into bathroom women's bathrooms. And I definitely think Target made an intentional stand. And I guess for me, the the big question is how are we going to respond? And, and that's one of the things that uh, Stephen Altrugge's article on the theblazingcenter.com uh, advocated is, is, is essentially he was, he was not necessarily putting forward, okay, this is what we need to do about this. He was saying outrage about this situation is harmful. And he quotes uh, 1 John 4, 5, and 6, which uh, John is talking about uh, lost people. He says, they are from the world, therefore they speak from the world. And the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. And he's kind of making the point that that if we communicate with outrage and 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 just just rattle our cage and get all mad about this and go into Target and I've I've seen some videos online of and I'm sure this is cold from the worst of the worst and that it was curated so that the guys that you see. Uh, preaching and target are the are it's the absolute worst behavior you possibly can. There's been a few of those though. It's not he wasn't isolated incident. No, there's no, been it, a, there's it, been enough to make it just kind of make Christians look unchristlike. I, it, and, and the activity that you see in those videos is absolutely unchristlike. And I'm okay with with street preaching and and and. I, I, the thing about those videos is the language they were using. Like if you want to go and target and preach. I'm okay with that. Preach the gospel. Don't preach. Out, don't preach outrage and condemnation. Yeah. Because you're not an Old Testament prophet. 
And hey, 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 you speak for yourself. Well, likely. How about likely? You're not an Old Testament prophet. You might be a New Testament <laughs> just, prophet. And if you're a New Testament prophet, you're going to be propounding the gospel because honestly, the only hope for Target and for these pe- the, for this situation right now is the good news of Jesus. We're not going to change hearts and change minds with with outrage and bemoaning where society is going and longing for, you know, the 50s when we all had it morally right. I, I, <laughs> do, do we have it morally right? In the I 50s? was being sarcastic. <laughs> I, we're not going to transform lost people. We're not. We the, the way the church has been handling the homosexual issue for the last few decades, I think is we essentially handled it about as bad as you possibly could. Um there was far too much saber rattling, far too little gospel proclamation. Um I, I believe that uh, I, I believe that the transgender lifestyle is is not in accord with scripture. It is incredibly statistically scientifically proven in- dangerous. It, the rate of suicide is is astronomical astronomical among transgender people. Every objective form of data you can use shows that it's it's incredibly harmful to be a transgender person and, I, and the scientific community should be seeking to protect people from it not uh, not encouraging people to walk in it so I believe it's sinful I believe it's harmful and I believe that uh, hollering p- at people and posting comments full of rage and anger and things like that, Man's anger does not accomplish the righteousness of God. Uh, you brought up Piper uh, Emmanuel. I'll say this: He closed out his article on this issue with a, a paragraph that I think is worth hearing. He said, "I will say just one other thing. I think we should spend most of our creative energies on constructing in our minds and in our hearts and in our families great and beautiful and glorious alternative visions of reality uh, than the ones that we are being offered by the world." If we give most of our time, or even a lot of our time, or even a little bit of our time, bemoaning and criticizing the world for acting like the world, our vision of God and his glorious future for his people will become smaller and smaller, and that would be a great tragedy, uh, greater tragedy than the one we are living in. All right. There's nobody, there's not a Christian who has faced greater injustice than Christ did, because at the end of the day... We're still sinful, so even while we're pointing the finger at someone else, we've we've got our own sin issues. We've sinned that day, or we may, we may be sinning in the way that we point our finger at them. Jesus was not. He was sinless. He faced the gravest of injustice. And therefore, we, we are, I don't believe, allowed to handle injustice in a different way than he did. I, I think we, we must follow his model. We don't... We, we certainly, it's it's not, you know, as unfair as it was for him, um, or as unfair as it may be for us, it was far greater of an injustice for him, and, and so I think we have to follow his model. All right, so, so, David, I think you make an excellent point there. You guys correct me if I'm wrong. You don't see anywhere in Scripture where Paul or one of the apostles or Jesus rails against unbelievers for their sin. No. Can you think of such an instance? Their biggest railings were against uh, what the falsely religious 
the false teachers, uh, those who were trying to add to the gospel. Yeah. Not to just people who were lost. Lost. Yeah. Romans, thou art using the wrong latrines. <laughs> nice. I mean, it, that wasn't to say they were soft on that. I mean, the gospel message no, that I, they preached absolutely. were without Jesus. I mean, you're lost. Yes. And you're you're lost you're, and doomed to hell. And you're doomed to hell. But I mean, and and there's nothing else to say at that point. We don't have to go and point out the particular sins and why those particular sins are egregious. It's just if you don't know Christ, you're going to hell, and that's the worst. Yeah. I mean that. That's the worst thing we can say. And exactly. him crucified. No matter what you do with your bathrooms, yeah. if you don't know Christ, it's, he, it's not going to end well. Yeah. All right, we need to pick up the pace a little bit. Dun, dun, dun. Um, I will say, though, that while we were talking just about 60 seconds ago, I believe Emmanuel noticed it. There was a somewhat disconcerting flash of light it in just, the room. It was just that. It was just that light up there. I'm not convinced that it was that. And before you guys got in the studio... I opened the door and was about to walk in, and it slammed in my face. Do you feel that the Hall of Dogma studio is haunted? I was just saying, we have neglected Bernard for far too long, (laughs) and I suspect he's angry about that. So we just need to kind of go ahead and finish the show and quietly leave. If you are... He has been in this room for a whole month. With nothing going on. Nothing to do. If you're new to the Gospel Friends, check out the Buying Bernard episode way back in the the early days. All right, guys, you get to pick the next topic. There's a choice of three. Do you want to talk about Josh Harris apologizing... Maybe for yeah. I kiss da- dating goodbye. Oh, that sounds good. Do you want to talk about the Long Island Church message to thieves on their sign that said "You are going to hell," which is not one you see very often? Or do you want to talk about hot women? Hot. We're going to do hot women. Oh, we are. Yeah, that's okay. that's a definite. You okay. don't get Never to cho- choose okay, whether or not we talk about hot women. <laughs> okay. Uh, the final choice, though, is <laughs> stay tuned. The final choice, David and Emmanuel, is Trump's longtime butler calls for Obama to be killed. Mm. Those all sound interesting, and two of them are from patently liberal web... Oh, my goodness, three of them are. From NBC, liberal Patheos, and Mother Jones. Oh, uh, oh. So, wow. I feel one of those is going to get that. me investigated by the Secret Service, so I, I vote against that. You're one. not going to do that one, no. Okay, okay. I, <laughs> no to Josh Harris apologizes. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I think Trump's butler is. What on was the middle one? The middle one, Long Island Church's message to thieves: "You are going to hell." Uh, that's pretty correct. I just leave that alone. Okay, so we're we're going with the Josh Harris. Yes, that'll be my vote. All right, well, go ahead. That's fine. All right, because yeah. I I remember that book, and it was I uh, kissed. Dating, dating goodbye. Goodbye. And okay. it was a big deal. Josh Harris published I Kiss Dating Goodbye in 1997. Yeah. That was, that was Sorry, hard we're, we're doing our sound effects. That's good. Hi, uh, the high preacher tech. was talking about holy kisses this morning. He was. That didn't sound like a very holy kiss, though. Nope. Uh, look, the preacher at the Hall of Dogma Church was preaching on the biblical command to greet each other with a holy kiss. Five times repeated. And he was saying that it is the most ignored command in all of Scripture because none of us do it. Can you think of another command that's repeated five times in the New Testament that Christians so blatantly ignore as greet each other with a holy kiss? And mm. I leaned over to my wife and fear, said... Fear not? Well, hey, 
That's, that's pretty, pretty good. good, actually. But like, like we want to not fear. We want, we want to, to not say be that was cultural. But nobody wants to go around kissing each other. And I leaned over to my wife and I said, "Depends on who it is. This sermon True. is not going to cost Chase anything, but it's going to get me molested." <laughs> and sure enough, I was greeted with three holy kisses on the cheek right after the message. That Thank is, you, Chase. By men, that's a bummer. Yeah, by men. Let's see, uh... grizzly whisk, whiskered men. How many holy kisses did you get, Chase? One person kind of intimated that he might do that, but but then didn't. No, I mean, so I'm not going to let a big person hold. You what know? are you going to do? You're not going to let them obey scripture <laughs> at your I expense. You, you, You're the one who preached on I it. I struggle with that, but I don't want a big burly man to. Okay, this is going off the rails a little bit. What You're the one who about? preached on it, Josh Harris. Josh, Josh Harris, 1997. I, I kissed yes. big burly men goodbye. <laughs> nice okay so the interesting thing about that book is that mr harris was only 21 when he wrote it so not a lot of life experience i was 18 when he wrote it uh okay yeah so so we're all roughly the same you've been dating for what about 10 years (laughs) actually no i think i'd been dating for about a i was a late bloomer so about a couple of months really okay and it, and it turns out that just recently, as uh, has has been pointed out by some, there were some people that tweeted at Josh on uh, social media, on Twitter in particular, and said, hey, I never went to prom. Hashtag because fundamentalism. That was Elizabeth Esther. Jessica Catherine said, my school wasn't allowed to have prom because at Harris Josh, LOL. And Joshua Harris responded and said, sorry about that, Jess. Not a very deep, heartfelt apology, but Elizabeth Hester responded back to him and said, Josh, honestly, your book was used against me like a weapon, but now I just feel compassion for the kid you were when you wrote it. And Joshua Harris responded back, I'm sorry, and I'm planning to dig into that in the next year or two. Again, I'd love to chat. So here's the thing. Is this apology by Josh Harris a big deal, little deal, or no deal? And is the movement spawned by his book, which basically had a generation of Christians turn away from the idea of dating a good thing or a bad thing? Emmanuel, you get to be first on this. Oh, one. yeah. So the year was 1997. <laughs> I was either in my sophomore year at Samford or my second year as a freshman, somewhere around there. And I remember this when this book came out because Samford, for you, those of y'all who don't know, is a small, uh, very expensive, expensive uh, liberal arts uh, Christian liberal arts uh, university um, affiliated with the Southern Baptist Convention. That's right. Go Bulldogs! I married a graduate from <laughs> and. There are a lot of these. So did I. Uh, Not the same one. Homeschooled. You know, they, they, where'd you go to high school? Uh, I was homeschooled. Mommy high kids. <laughs> I went to mommy high. Um, <laughs> mommy high. Yeah, That's they went to awesome. mommy high. <laughs> Nothing wrong with homeschooling, by the way. I'm not. AKA mommy high. I'm telling. I'm telling my wife. Uh, That's what we're calling it from now on. It's mommy high. Yeah. Mommy high academy. And. Uh, and there was there was a movement to abolish dating and go to the biblical thing of courtship, which is also not really in the Bible. Um, 
<laughs> Not a whole lot of courtship in the Bible. You just met a woman and you. you Actually, your your parents met him, right? Yeah, the yeah. guy found a wife. You know, yeah, <laughs> you went and found a wife for your son, and you know, the wife said okay. Or you sit, you know, somebody or watched and say, which, huh? which, or not? Well, whichever way, whichever woman wants to feed our camels, <laughs> whoever waters the camels, that's the one for my son. You, that that's the kind of stuff you get in the Bible. You went to the tent. Wait, wait this is in the Bible. Yeah. Oh, it's in that that that. What was it? The, the, it's the Old Testament. Old the Testament. Old Testament you keep talking about. Oh, okay, yeah. good. You yeah. went. You went into the tent and hoped you woke up the next morning with the woman that you worked for for seven years to get. Yeah. Now I know that story is not in the Bible. <laughs> that sounds crazy. And with it came a whole lot of other stuff too. Uh, promise rings, purity rings, all this. Yeah, I'm not a purity. And I'm not, and I'm not blaming all this on Josh, uh, who, the author of the book. Um, your dad is in charge of your virginity until you get married, and then he gives it away to your husband. All this weird—I don't—I don't even know where this stuff comes from. But anyway, that's weird. By the way, I've heard a little bit of that. It, that's, it is that's weird. weird. I haven't heard of that. Probably one. the same people who like, you know, go on dates with their daughters, do that kind of stuff. <laughs> yes, that is that is the, <laughs> the ultimate. End it is not of the same going thing. On dates with your daughter. That's not the same thing. <laughs> it's it's in that same <sighs> vicinity. That's it's a previous episode county. of the Gospel Friends that too. Was, that was a cheap shot. Yeah, it was. Um, and, trying to anger me and guys who go to daughter da- <laughs> daddy daughter dances. Um, anyway, I, don't, I wouldn't do that because send all your mail to J. David McConnell. Um, <laughs> So I, I remember these girls who were, who were like, you know, I don't, I don't date um, because it's not biblical, you know, which, uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of dating. Um, I mean, it's not. It's not in the Bible. Yeah. But, it's but, not a picture of it. But I don't know that courtship is either, not in the way yeah. that we try to do it now. Yeah. You know, people just got married back then. It wasn't really a the family's arranged. There's a lot of arranged marriages. You know, he found a wife and, you know, and. So, so courtship is not necessarily biblical either. It's more what medieval Victorian maybe. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the whole point of that is, I think it's a good thing that he re- kind of is retracting a little bit because people took that like it was really gospel, and you hear these little girls and I'll say little, they're teenage girls on Sanford's campus, like, well, we don't date, we're not allowed to date. Dating is bad. Which dating looks dating is bad. I think it is bad. I've got. Two fourteen-year-old goddaughters, and I'm trying to teach them. They've got parents, but their parents hadn't done a good job on some 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 stuff. But that dating is bad because it's like, well, I'm fourteen and he's seventeen, and we're just going out for coffee. It's like he you, does not just want to go out for coffee. Mm-hmm. You can't tell her anything because she's like, but he's nice. He gave me compliments. I was like, that's because. Oh my god. That's because <laughs> punching you in the face wouldn't work. If that would work, he'd do that. <laughs> It's like guys are not that complicated to figure out. But anyway. They're very utilitarian. So in a sense, I think the book actually was a good book um, because I am anti-dating. And I have a daughter now, so I'm really anti-dating. But Christians took it as gospel. And like Christians do with most things, they take it too far. Like God's not dead too. We took it too far. <laughs> just couldn't leave one Things well never, should, never should have happened. Yeah, it just escalates to something else. Um, and it, and I think it did do a lot of harm. Um, so even though I agreed with the with he was, and and also the title is, I kissed dating goodbye. Not you should kiss dating goodbye. 
Um, but like I said, because Christianity, when a 20-year-old, 21-year-old says something and it becomes published, then we just got to do it, right? It's not, not really yeah. a, we, we just follow it en masse. And it's just, so I think it's good that he's backing off from it because of what it became. But I don't think the book was bad in and of itself because I actually agree with a lot of what he said in the book. Um, so. All right. Uh, that's a good good take with a lot of humor there, David. I hope you can be as funny. Can my son ask your daughter out this week? No. Uh, I mean, I mean, no. sorry, I got confused. <laughs> What's your All right, uh, let's, so let's see. Um, uh, what was the what was the second question you had? Do you remember? Uh, uh is is Josh Harris's apology a big deal, yeah, big deal, deal, deal. Or no deal? And do you think um gosh, I forgot how I phrased it. What's your take on dating? How about dating? that? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I, I pretty much fall in line with Emmanuel. I, I, I'm not a dating fan. I, I may go a little further than than than, than he does. Um, on dates or? <laughs> well, not anymore. Uh, well, actually, no. These Whoa. days hey. I can do whatever I want to on a date as long as it's with my wife. Okay. As long as I'm dating my wife. I can do. All right. I'll let that stand. That, it, I mean, you don't agree with that? I do. Well, it, well there's a lot. There's a, okay. There's a lot. Let's not. All right. Let's we'll, just, we'll, just, we'll, let's we'll, move on. Before we get in trouble. Let's just move on. Okay. So my, my point is I'm not a dating fan, and I, I, I think the way we do it is, is, is really um, anti-biblical in terms of I, – I, this is my thing. I don't think – when it comes to the Bible, that there's any idea of dating for recreation. Mm-hmm. You're either you're either single and staying single, or you're looking for a spouse. And there's really nothing biblically that mm-hmm. is anything in between. So recreational dating, just wanting to go out with people and have a good time and date someone for a while, but not really into commitment or wanting to pursue marriage, is just off the biblical playing all together yeah. in hey, my opinion. I think I should spend a lot of alone time with a member of the opposite sex. What could go wrong? Yeah, what what could possibly go wrong? Now now dating is a way of getting to know someone that you so you know whether or not you want to you know marry them mm-hmm. is more I'm okay with but I just I I do think it should be done in uh, wiser than we do it. Like the the advice I've always given is you you need to and this is where I was saying I don't know that you would agree with me, but I, I think there should be, especially if you're dating someone, like the whole concept of dating is let me go off with someone I've never really met before and don't know anything about and be alone with them so I can get to know them and figure out if they're a good person. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm like, I, you need to figure out if they're a good person before you put yourselves in situations yeah. of being alone with them. Or just listen to what your dad says. I'll tell you if they're a good person or not. Uh, so mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Believe it or not, As, females listening to the podcast, even though your dad might be old and stuffy and all of that kind of good stuff, he will be able to tell the quality of your potential suitor a lot better than you think. Mm-hmm. A guy has a gift at sniffing out uh, ravenous wolves and other guys. And I think that is part of what, I know that sounds so, so old-fashioned, but I really think that's part of what you know, I want my daughters to do not only, you know, hopefully it's it's me, but also if there are other godly men in their lives who have been mentors or whatever, that they're asking opinions and 
letting the guys they're trying to get to know, hey, what do, what do you what do you men who I trust think of this person? And uh, so, uh, I'm not a fan of dating in, in the concept that we do it in America. But um, as far as the, the apology goes, uh, I want to say little deal based on this. Um, every teacher, I imagine, if they could reteach or rewrite something from 20 years ago, would probably change it a little or say it a little different or go, hey, you know what? I don't agree with that. <laughs> I, I mean, there are things that I, I am sure I taught 10 years ago that I probably wouldn't agree with today. And um, his just happened to take off and be a bestseller. I don't think if he's coming along now and going, ah, you know what? I'm sorry. And I'm going to dive into it a little bit later. I think that's the thing he should do. I think he should go back and readdress something that he would say, if I could do this over, I would put it this way. I have a feeling he's not going to do a complete 180. Yeah. I may be surprised by that. Yeah, he might not. And I'm, I have a feeling he's going to come out and go, I agree with that. I would do the, I would say it this way. And I don't think he needs you know? to. I don't think he needs yeah. to do a complete 180. I think it's just an acknowledgement to, to not even to the kids – who grew up under that, but to parents to first to tell parents, you're an idiot. Like <laughs> raise your kids and stop listening to 21 year old books. Or, Hey, this is w- what you, what people have done with that book is exactly. never what I intended to exactly. be done with that book. I, that's, that's kind that's, of, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, I like that. I like that take. I, I don't have a whole lot to add. I am the 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 parent of a fifteen year old daughter who, oh, Lord uh, Jesus, yeah, he, she likes boys. Boys oh, like her. I don't want. I don't want to hear about it. I want to think about it. It, it. It's dangerous, and I want to pilot as a parent. I want to pilot a course between legalism on the one side and foolishness on the other side. So I'm not a big fan of dating, but the Bible doesn't give us a lot of New Testament guidelines on how exactly you should raise your children in relation to romance. I mean, there's yeah. almost nothing there. So that says that we need to act with liberty, and we need to act with wisdom, and, and I think there was some legalism that developed around this book. I, I'm a fan of Josh Harris. Uh, I, I don't think that that legalism was necessarily his thought, I, I mean his fault, but uh, but I do think a bunch of parents taking their marching orders from a 21-year-old and uh, basing the raising of their teenage sons and daughters, you know, 100% on that book, probably not wise. I I will say, I know we we need to move on, but I will say he was 21 and, you know, kind of look back now and go, okay, you you shouldn't have based this on on something that twenty one year old wrote, but he was getting a lot of airplay from people who were older than him. Piper really promoted that book. There were people who were older than him yeah. who promoted that book and what was in it as very wise. So because it, it's because it's, it's a good book, but then it went too far. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I mostly agree with it. Yeah, I, we like should, we have to have wisdom to not go f- too far with and, these. And there of were things. there were there were girls who took a who had a very legalistic approach to yeah. things at Samford because of that culture that, and I, and I can't blame all of it on the book, but there was a culture, not just with that book, but there's a whole culture that was kind of around it too. 
And that legalism led to a lot of, uh, let's just say girls finding loopholes <laughs> to the rules um, because that's what legalism does. It makes you it makes you find ways to get around it without breaking the quote unquote law. So, um, all right, good discussion. We got to be we got to be tight on this one, guys. We got to be fast. But speaking of John Piper, his son Barnabas Piper came out with an article earlier this month. Stop calling your wife hot. This was the hot women thing this that I was, was referencing yeah, earlier. We weren't just you know this we weren't is, just being, this is for real. Okay. And, and, and I'll, I'll just read you a couple of sentences. He says, fellas, calling your wife hot to other people is awkward. We can't agree with you. I've that been would telling be... you this, Chase, <laughs> for years. We can't agree with you. That would be really weird. We can't disagree with you. That would be really mean. <laughs> Ignoring <laughs> you is rude. Dude, are we talking about the same woman? <laughs> I've seen your wife. Did you say you, your wife? Do you have another wife that I don't know of? Because your wife looks like a foot. <laughs> it's actually another... Uh, Possible title there. It is. It it is, is like Are you talking about the woman that looks like somebody hit her with a bag of nickels? That wife? She's hot. <laughs> oh, wow. Things not to say, but you think it every That's time. That's right. Bag of nickels. And, right. and I'll have to remember that. I'm going to press some buttons in a second, but go ahead. That would be really weird, says Mr. Piper. We can't disagree with you. That would be really mean. Ignoring you is rude, but it's probably our best option in this case. Do you really want us trying to determine if your wife is, in fact, hot? I'm glad you think she's a 10. You should, but calling attention to her hotness doesn't honor her as much as it creates an opportunity for others to judge, and that's just awkward. All right, yes. Emmanuel, you're pretty outspoken on this. You get to go first twice. What do you think? I, I agree. Um, the first thing that w- when you told me the title of the article, I thought he was talking to pastors because I've heard pastors do this. And that's more awkward than everybody because they're on the stage and this and you're taught when you start going into ministry, you're mm-hmm. taught that you're supposed to always like salute your wife and let everybody know how great your wife is all the time, which I find very irritating to do. It's like, I'm just that's not why I'm here. I'm not here to talk about my wife. I'm talking about Jesus. But anyway, um, but that's what I thought it was going, but I, but I, I agree. And it's even awkward, and this is going to step on some toes, but I don't mm. like seeing it on Facebook. Well, that's where oh, I, yeah. yeah, in particular. Yeah. Yeah. I've got the hottest wife. And then the first thing I want to do is like go click some pictures and say, eh, your wife's about a five. I don't, I, I don't like half of what I see on Facebook, though. So yeah. that's... Your wife looks like George Foreman. She's not hot. <laughs> wow. I blame most of this on Ricky Bobby from Talladega Nights, the whole... Um, never saw it. You never saw it? it okay, well, the whole the whole um, smoking hot wife, you know, he talked about that in the movie. Mm-hmm. He may, I don't know if he said smoking hot trophy wife or not, but... Smoke, I think that it sounds close. It was something along those lines. And that's when like, everybody really began to, you know, kind of say that. I think kind of joking, but that, that, that phrase became more yeah. mainstream. I think it's a little. Uh, I, I may be getting giving that movie credit more credit than it deserves, too. but uh, yeah, I really, braggy. I really don't have much to add. I think I agree it is with. Braggy, I agree with what if you're talking and, to a guy and you say that, and his wife is not hot? Yeah, I mean, what's he going to think there? He's going to be envious. Like, yeah. I wish I had a hot wife. <laughs> my my wife and I both kind of have the agreement of like we don't do Facebook bragging. If you do yeah. Facebook bragging. I'm not. I'm not coming down on you. I'm just saying. Like we my don't. My wife has done it once, and she thought I was going to like bite her head off for doing it. I didn't. But like that doesn't honor. Like my wife would not be honored by that, and I. 
I'm not. I just think it's, you know, uh, there are other ways. When people do Facebook bragging, I, me. I, I immediately think their marriage is in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not talking about encouraging someone or, bra- you know, any type of bragging on Facebook. But I just mean the kind of husband-wife yeah. things that essentially I feel like you're inviting everyone into your into your bedroom or into your home and something you should be saying like privately you, you to your spouse. A, you could have sent that in a text. That should have been in a text or should have been in a card. Instead, you're inviting all of us into that moment, and I don't I don't yeah. want to be there. Yeah. I'm I just, yeah. you know, and so that's my take. I mean, other people, they may really be, it's kind of like, um, uh, you know, you, sending your wife flowers at work because she wants to receive the flowers at work so other women can see her getting the flowers now, and be jealous. Now, I agree with that, though. S- so it may Look, be along those lines, As a though. husband, your job is to make other women jealous of your wife. However, it comes off bad on Facebook. On Facebook. Like, I, you know, and I don't even like, and this is not about what, I don't like posting like your kids made the A honor roll and you got to post it on Facebook or they got a trophy in this or that. Like we always post that they made a A honor roll at mommy high. It's just a big deal. I I actually think it's bad for the kids. (laughs) I'm just kidding. We don't really do that. That's a whole nother story for another day. What is the uh, mascot of mommy high? The fighting uh, what? Uh, Probably it's, a, a, some kind of stained garment. <laughs> it's a, it's a, a blouse with ketchup on it. It's an apron and an oven mitt. Okay. <laughs> is that what it is? Right. So how would you root? You would say go aprons? Go, go mitts? Go hmm. go mommies. I don't know. Okay. Go mommies. I was kidding about the, the, the mommy high apron. Uh, oven mitts. Oven mitts. Yeah. By the way, we do a lot of bragging on, on Facebook. I say we in general. I'm talking about Christians. I, I, I'm with you, Emmanuel. I'm not convinced that we're really allowed to do a whole lot of bragging. I mean, call me religious and, and preachery and whatever, but, you know, let he who boasts, boasts in the Lord. Maybe that's okay, but uh, I, don't, I don't know. Well, I, here's the thing. I'm not going to kick a hole in I the am, wall because I'm mad about it. But Like, I, th- I believe in honoring and that the Bible tells us to. I actually yes. think the Bible in Romans tells us to outdo one another in showing honor. Yes. I think we should do that. But I think honoring, I'll, I'll, I'll take it a little further. Even if, like, I don't, I'm not a fan of people bragging on their church publicly I, on Facebook. I agree. Like, my church is the best church around. Well, it's like no, it's not. I've heard your pastor preach. <laughs> no, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. But what like, it, it always forces me to like really like the way my brain really, works is I it, start to really digest if that statement is true or not. Is your church that good? Is your church? Oh, I'm not sure. I wouldn't go there. <laughs> if your honoring of other people benefits you, maybe like your kid. Oh, my kids are so beautiful. Well, I'm just honoring them. Well, well, if it, it seems competitive. Yeah. Like from a church level, it seems oh, competitive. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Or I have the best husband on earth. Now you just slap down a bunch of husbands all of a sudden, you know. And yeah. and so I, but but see, here's the thing. I believe like encouraging your leaders in your church, encouraging your pastors, or encouraging the church. If you wanted to get up on, you know, at a gathering and you wanted to express your thankfulness to the congregation, or write a card to be posted somewhere in the church, like I believe in doing that. Just like I think you should honor your spouse. I just think we take something really public that maybe should more stay in the um, in the arena 
where it belongs. So if you want to brag on your church, I think you should do that to your church without maybe all of the other churches seeing it. And I would say the same thing maybe with with your spouse. So you're saying adjust the sharing settings on your post there. Yeah, maybe so. (laughs) Maybe that may be helpful. Anyway, I don't know. That's my opinion. And it's my podcast. Well, so our podcast. What? Our podcast. Christian, stop bragging on things. Stop bragging on things. Yes, right, Christians, Amen. stop. Look, we just we would sh- if everybody followed this, we would shut Facebook down. Shut Facebook down. I'd yeah. probably just talk about myself because a lot. we just told everyone to not. Christians shouldn't be outraged over things, and yeah. Christians shouldn't brag publicly on their church and Dang. spouse. So that's we that's, got a lot of opinions. That's ninety percent of the Facebook posts. Can Christians do opinionated podcasts? Is that a sin? I think it's fine. Okay, good, good. good. Let's keep going. By the way, we're an hour and uh, two minutes in. All right. But we're doing, doing well. We're trying to give the masses some good content that since we haven't been. We're well on the way. Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's do a little What Were You Thinking and a serial review before we get to the final segment, which will be the general's take. Um, let's, let's do this serial review real quick. So we've got two brands of cereal here. Shout out to Miss Haley who um, provided us with this cereal. There's a little question mark of whether or not she may have stolen from the poor in order to give us this uh, cereal. Any, any word on that? Not yet. Well, okay. We are wondering. Okay. We're just curious because it was cereal day for the Agape Food Pantry, so we're not sure if this was cereal that got hijacked that was heading to the food pantry. But, I mean, if, if it was, it's for a good cause. I mean, serial review on the Gospel Friends is a big deal. So we've got Post Ice Cream Pebbles, which um, if you're familiar with Fruity Pebbles, which is a fine cereal, one of my favorites, or Cocoa Pebbles, uh, this is along the lines, and it's Ice Cream Pebbles. uh, And then the other one is Star Wars Limited Edition Box Star Wars Cereal, which... Looks a little bit like maybe Lucky Charms, but with a uh, Star Wars take. So we have a we have a little uh, we've got marshmallows as Star Wars characters here. So we've got two of the uh, electronic swords that's on Star Wars, a red one and a blue one. Wait, wait, wait. the the uh, the what? The electronic swords. The electronic swords. Yeah. <laughs> The yeah, yeah. Okay. and then and then we've got one of the the <laughs> little the little ghost men half of our audience white just ghost tuned, men tuned David out uh, with the you know the guys that this is embarrassing around in the white. you see here on the side where it says lightsabers and stormtroopers oh here we go that, that tells okay you who the, they here's are. the marshmallows <laughs> it's it's a uh, Yoda an R two D two a a Jedi starfighter a stormtrooper and a and a lightsaber <laughs> all right so. Anyway, I'm just having some fun with the Star Wars people. Oh why don't goodness. we? Why don't I don't know. If we have time. The Jedi Starfighters. <laughs> yeah, the Jedi Starfighters look like uh, look like little hearts. Okay, I don't know that we have time to individually review both cereals. So why don't we do some? Um, Chase, you pick pick one. Which one would you like to review? I'm gonna, I'm gonna try the uh, ice cream pebbles there. Okay, and Emmanuel, which one are you gonna review? I'm gonna go with the Star Wars because okay. The ice cream so, pebbles is weird because it says it's ice cream pebbles, but then it says the flavor is sherbet, which so is that's not already, ice cream. Okay. And I don't like sherbet. Sherbet is for old people. 
<laughs> like you're not allowed to eat sherbet until you're like what 65. Like the, you get an AARP card and a box of sherbet. All right. So while you guys are beginning, I'm going to give you a couple of um, what were you thinking articles now. I, I can already tell you that the Star Wars cereal sucks. <laughs> I've seen like two marshmallows. All right. So and I do realize it sucks as Christian profanity, but I say it anyway because I'm a rebel like that. If you um, if you're kind of new to the podcast. Thank you. If you're new to the podcast, we do cereal reviews because uh, we we love cereal on the show, and um, so people from time to time will actually send us cereal to review, and, and this will be reviewed. We will give you a uh, number or, of spoons or steal cereal and give it to you. Is it a it, what's our what's our what's the top five Is it five five spoons? Five spoons. Which we've I don't know that we've ever had a five spoon cereal on the show. The um, it's. Excuse me. We're gonna do a "What were you thinking?" Now, what were you thinking? Is is this is a segment where we look around the world, we find crazy, crazy stories, uh, just so you can be informed of of what kind of world we're living in, and uh, if if that'll help you, you know, you might want to. This might be something you want to just kind of get outraged over and go post on Facebook or something. So we like for you to, you know, kind of know what your. Uh, what the thing you can be outraged about tomorrow will be. All right, so uh, I'm going to give you guys one, and then I'll, I'll, I'll get your uh, serial takes. Sounds good. All right, um, this is from uh, a start in a country that uh, is near and dear to my heart, Hong Kong, where we had adopted from a couple of years ago. Finger-licking good. Kentucky Fried Chicken launches chicken-flavored nail polish. It's a real thing. So uh, if you uh, if you can't seem to fight that awful nail biting habit, you might as well get some flavor out of it with KFC's new chicken flavored edible nail polish. It comes in two flavors: original, which is a beige color, and hot and spicy, which is red. The product was developed by marketing firm blah 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 from KFC Hong Kong, and uh, it's it's actually a real thing. It is edible, and and it tastes like chicken either original or hot and spicy Um, each flavor of nail polish comes packaged in a designer bottle and box so my question to you guys is if this becomes a thing we have that milk thank you if this becomes a thing and you could paint your nails with some type of a flavoring from your favorite restaurant what nail polish would you want to paint on your fingernails so you could chew on it during the day because i'll I tell you right now it wouldn't be kfc chicken for me no. like i would not pick i wouldn't i wouldn't pick kfc churches maybe a little spice to it but i, I wouldn't pick kfc so popeyes Ch- pretty good popeyes yeah yeah so chase if you could if you could gnaw on, gnaw on your fingernails during the day and them taste like something what would you want them to taste like besides i mean obviously right now they taste like hand gel like uh, hand sanitizer and that's a bad taste yeah but what would what would you want them mm. to taste like that's a good question uh, uh first of all i i'm not a fan of the idea but i'm gonna give you an answer okay um either mike and ike style hot tamales or mm. mike and ike original style like mike and ike's huh oh dude i told you chase is undercover black person uh, <laughs> mike and ike that's hood candy right there <laughs> <laughs> it's the best <laughs> I will say. How do you feel about lemon heads? If, if you could tear them up, 
Okay, if you could do that, like, and, and it freshen your breath, so you could just take a, a quick chew on your fingernail, get mm-hmm. you that Mike and Ike taste, freshen your breath up before you greeted someone with a holy kiss at the yeah, church, yeah, right. that would be good. That would really be handy. Emmanuel, what would you want your fingernails to taste like? <sighs> well, as most of you know, I am a chicken finger connoisseur. Yeah. Um, and my favorite chicken fingers come from a restaurant called Guthrie's. Guthrie's. So that, that'd be up there in my top. So either Guthrie's chicken fingers or Reese's cups. Ah, uh, Reese's cups a good one. I never get tired of Reese's cups. All right, mine would be butter pecan ice cream. Butter or, pecan ice cream. Yeah, I love butter pecan. Men don't eat butter pecan ice cream. No, I do. <laughs> I, I, I a eat, very feminine flavor I of eat, ice cream. I eat butter pecan ice cream while listening to my Elton John "Candle in the Wind" song. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> over and over again. That's well, a that's previous. Strong. That's a previous episode. Yes, Callback. Call uh, or uh, Pizza Hut. Pizza uh, Hut. I love Pizza Hut. I think that'd be something. Well, if you were, coming, for some if pizza. You were coming to my men's small group Wednesday, you could have all the Pizza Hut you wanted. I, I, I'm going to come because we'll the last time I came, it was good pizza. All right, well, be sure to email us at the Gospel Friends and tell us what you would want your fingernails to taste like. Let's do one more What Were You Thinking, and then I'm going to get your cereal review. All right. Uh, England from the homeland, the motherland. Uh I think the motherland is a different country. Oh, is it? I think so. Well, our motherland is England, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is. Okay. I mean, my people's motherland is Ireland, but... Scotland. Ireland. Scotland. All right. Uh, a beard tax is being proposed in England. Uh-oh. Beards, once associated strictly with hermits and wizards, have become one of the... <laughs> have become one of the hottest fashion accessories for men in the past few years with celebrities, athletes, and style-conscious men around the world growing, grooming, and styling their facial hair. But despite their current popularity, beards remain deeply divisive, which I didn't actually know, by I the way. I didn't know that either. Now, apparently in England it is. And this week, one British barber and businessman has floated a radical proposal to discourage beards or at least make some money off of them. Anthony Kent is proposing a UK beard tax. The proposal, $100, excuse me, 100 euro tax on the bushiest of beards with a reduced $50 euro fee for those with more modest growth. This does not say how often you would have to pay this tax. I don't know if this is yearly or monthly well, or whatever. What's the point of having a tax? Why don't we tax knees and So apparently, ears? by the way, this is not the first time we won't go into too much uh, but this is not the first time in Europe um, uh, that uh, uh, a beard tax has been enacted. Russia's Peter the Great began taxing beards in 1698. Now, initially, um, Peter, as he was um, making a you okay, Chase, as he was making a grand tour of Western Europe, um, became famously convinced that uh, Russia was desperately behind the times, economically, scientifically. Uh, and socially, and wanted all the men to shave their beards because he felt like uh, it made them look um, ratty, uh, right, yeah, hermitish or wizard-like. It's cold in Russia. Wizard-like, and those not beards uh, are utilitarian. It's cold out there. But the Russian Orthodox Church stepped in, and um, uh, with Ivan the Terrible yeah. riding, Rasputin was not going to cut his beard off. Shaving the beard is a sin. The blood of all martyrs will not wash away. It would mean blemishing the image of man as God created him. That's strong. So, <laughs> that was Ivan the Terrible. 
And so Peter decided rather than make all the men uh, shave their beards and come up against the Orthodox Church that he would just tax the beards instead. So um, first of all, do you believe that shaving beards is a sin that the blood of all martyrs cannot wash away? That's pretty strong. Uh, and I would like Why was out. Ivan the terrible head of the Russian Orthodox Church? I'm afraid my Russian history is pretty weak. I, I don't know. He was involved in the Russian no, Orthodox be. Church. He was not the. Uh, yeah. He was he was just involved in the church. Okay. He was not he was not the head of it. Yeah. So I think at this table, Emmanuel would have to pay the most in beard tax. And this is I just I just shaved half of my beard yesterday because I got a job interview tomorrow. Uh, do you really? So, yeah. Where okay. At? So well, you may not want to tell it on the podcast. Oh yeah. I mean, no one will ever hear this because you're editing and posting the show. So, I mean, I think Emmanuel's got a strong hundred bucks right there. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, I, I'm I'm probably a seventy five. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think true. you'd be safe. They probably wouldn't charge you anything. I think they just. <laughs> He'd have to pay the. I have a beard. He'd have to pay the what, what is it the, the minimum what's the alternative minimum tax? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I give here. It's kind of patchy. I will have you men know that I've had facial hair since before I was married. Most some in the kind form of a goatee. I, I, I did not of late. I did not start beard. growing facial hair till I was twenty two. I was, I guess, I don't know, twenty one. I was a late 20. bloomer. All right, no, guys, no, let's... maybe nineteen. I had it for most of my high school. I mean, most of my college career, I had a goatee. I wish you weren't one of those guys who was like thirteen. You know, he's in the he's in the seventh, eighth grade with a mustache comb. Drove to school in eighth grade. No, I was not that guy. <laughs> um. Yeah, so beard taxes and uh, edible fingernails. uh, Well, that was really edifying. We're redefining manhood here if you start shaving your beards to avoid taxes and chewing on your flavored fingernails. Little known fact, I love Russian history. I'm not sure why, but I just think it's more interesting than than our history. Than American history? Yeah. I've always liked... German history and Russian history more than American history. I don't well, I'd have to agree with you there, comrade. I, I mean, uh, Emmanuel. <laughs> yeah. I right. did that out. That, that probably put me on some kind of list somewhere. Probably. <laughs> it's out. Uh, I am being monitored as we speak from now on out. Let's get our, uh, let's get our spoonage here for the um, – <laughs> what? Phrasing? Yeah. yeah we got, whoa, it's, it's – there's, th- there's three men in a room. It's time. That's, that's <laughs> no not spooning. the – yeah, it's, spoonage it's, is not the appropriate it's, term. It's time here to uh, figure out what spoon number of spoons you guys are going to assign. Chase, you have the uh, the um, ice cream pebbles, which Emmanuel has pointed out is is sherbet flavored. So, uh, out of five spoons, Chase, how would you? How many spoons are you going to give this uh, orange or this sherbet ice cream? I've had two cups. Uh, it's got a good flavor. Um, I could have two more cups. I, I'm going to give it a four to a four and a quarter spoon. It's a solid cereal. They reformulated the Pebble cereals a few years ago. Prior to the reformulation, it was a near five-star cereal every time. But the consistency of the Pebbles just changed so much. I think they added fiber, uh, probably took away some sugar, which was always a, a bad idea. And it's just not the same cereal it used to be. But Okay. You're or, loving that cereal much more than I am. Yeah. Um, Fruity Pebbles is one of my favorite cereals, but it has to is is pretty low on the uh, the mouthfeel scale, which is something we have to talk about when we talk about cereal because it gets soggy so it fast. Does. You have to eat it quick. 
You do. But it has a great flavor. I don't actually think this is a great flavor. Like it's it's got I'm tasting the sherbet. I mean it's green, pink and orange. The sherbet's there, but like I'd just rather have regular fruity pebbles. Regular fruity pebbles. Yeah, it's like don't mess with so I'm gonna go uh would you go? Three and a half? I said four. Four? Four to four and a quarter. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. I like that. I, I'm not going uh I'm I'm going two and a half on this. Mm. Not a fan. All right, Emmanuel, you have the long Captain Crunchy, Reverend Verbage, Serial War. Yeah. All right, Emmanuel, you are the lone reviewer for the limited edition Star Wars, complete with Jedi Starfighters. It, what that's, that's uh, pronounced Jedi? What uh, What are you going to give it on your scale of? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a four. Five lightsabers. I actually thought it was going to be really, really bad because you look in the box. It's supposed to contain marshmallows. And not and, enough. And they are they are there very sparingly. Um, but the the cereal itself is really good. First, it's crunchy. Um, that's high on my likability scale. A cereal that stays crunchy is a must. It's one of the reasons I don't like Fruity Pebbles because they get soggy too quick, yep. and then you just kind of end up with like fruity mush. Um, but this is it's crunchy. It's good, dry and wet. Uh, which is always, uh, you know, you you want to look for that versatility in your cereal. Um, that's a Tie Fighter. David. What what are these? Tie Fighter. That's a Tie, tie Fighter. fighter. Okay. Yeah, um, they're tasty. And <laughs> the marshmallows are good quality marshmallows yep. when you can have them. Yes. If that cereal had more marshmallows, I think it would probably be a four point five or five spoon cereal. That's how. Or I could just be hungry. <laughs> but I. I that was a strong – the force is strong with that one. I'll, well, I'll tell you, that. after that glowing review, I wish I had taken some of this milk from Chase's purple um, milk bottle here Thermos. that he brought, Thermos that he brought, and uh, tried that instead of the fruity – I mean the uh, ice cream pebbles because they were not good. Yeah, the Star Wars is solid cereal. We got a, we got a box or two of that at the house. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, it's good. Okay. It's a good review. All right, guys, if you have a box of cereal that you would like for us to review, you can contact us at thegospelfriends at gmail.com. And uh, we'll give you our address, and you can mail us a box of cereal. Yep, we will uh, review it on the show, and um, and um, give you a big shout out. We're going to end today's episode and with thank you, Haley. Speaking of big shout out, yes, thank you, Haley, for Just buying do- us this cereal or stealing it from poor the people. Poor people <laughs> yeah, to give it to pantry. us. All right, will a man rob God? <laughs> <laughs> but you say, how have we robbed thee? In, in cereal sure and that's where the cereal came from. <laughs> not. This, this could be it was just odd. It was cereal day. She may have just picked this up for us on the show at the same time she was picking up cereal for the food pantry. And further, we gave away. Uh, we had extra bags of food left over, so you know we took care of everybody that came. No, no, yeah, we didn't yeah, no. Turn away anybody. Understand feed them. I'm not saying that like it should have went out to the poor people. I think all the poor people were fed, and mm-hmm. then we put up the the surplus for later. Right. I'm questioning it. Is this from know. the surplus? That's what I was questioning. It's, it sounds like now. I thought, and this She's is could be me the, being crazy Old Testament guy. The next meeting that when you have a surplus, you're supposed to give that to God. Ah, uh, uh, <laughs> so we're getting the priestly share for the podcast. I know who I can get to investigate. Yeah. I bet you do. Somewhere there's a discernment blogger who's going to write about your misappropriation of cereal. <laughs> And uh, Warren Thorkmartin is uh, he's, he's typing as we speak. I have a feeling. I have up. a feeling Warren will meet his match with our dear Haley. Yeah. All right. 
the general's take is going to end us today. We're talking about youth sports, apparently. Yeah, hurry up. i got to get to a soccer game. <laughs> Which is not a lie, by the way. He really does. So most of you know who that uh, my wife and I had our first child and our only child and our last child. Um, <laughs> and that's one child. Um, Strong words. And before, I, I was not allowed to have opinions on things because when people have – when people have children, they think that everybody doesn't ha- who, who doesn't have children doesn't know what they're talking about and, you know, therefore shouldn't have an opinion. Um, even though the people who say that, they have children and they're usually not doing a good job anyway, but still. And you would hear all the time, because I heard people say it to you, oh, you'll change your mind when you have yeah, kids. I have not changed my mind. So I, ha- I have a daughter and now the question comes up to everybody's like, Oh, you're gonna. You can't wait till she'll start getting her activities, and you get to see her do stuff. And she might want to play sports, and and I'm like, no, I don't want to watch my daughter do things. Um, I want to go off and do things that I want to do, and I want her to go and do things she wants to do. And I will see her at the house when we get home. Um, and people are shocked by that. Like, don't you want to watch your daughter do stuff? No. Why? I don't want to watch my daughter play soccer badly or well, for that matter. Um, I don't want to watch her in any plays. I don't want her to give Easter speeches. I don't. What is it? Some other things that parents like to watch their children do badly. Uh, piano recital. I don't want to see her play an instrument unless it's violin, which I really love. What uh, are What are Easter speeches? That's a black church thing where oh, every Easter <laughs> the kids they have to say speeches and it's really bad oh. and they can't remember their lines <laughs> and it's like you know I'm here to say that. Jesus rose on Easter Day, and it's like three hours long. And <laughs> that's a long speech. It is not the speech, but the because every every kid has to say something. Doesn't matter if they're two; they can barely talk. It's just. Do you go to a black church? I do not, and why? that's one of the why reasons. Why do you not go to a black church, Emmanuel? Because I like to get out on time, <laughs> and I don't want to hear Easter speeches. That's why. I just, I'm, I'm just done with that it. That was a possible title. So this brings up an article or a blog, I should say, from um, where is this from? It's from uh, a FTC. FTC, which is a, it's for the church dot co co, which is a a a arm of Midwestern Seminary, and the title is title of uh, the blog is when ball becomes bell b-a-a-l which was uh, <coughs> old testament mesopotamian god idol and basically his 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 uh premise is that youth sports have become an idol in too many christian homes um and so He's like everything that the family does is revolved around their kids' soccer games and including missing church to watch their kids play sports badly. How do you feel about that, Jess? Um, mm. And so he, so he says, how does ball become bell? Answer, when it controls you and gives you get, and you give it devoted worship. It is around your God that you order your life and you can almost never say no to it. And I see that. Like, I've got friends, and they literally, their their daughters play softball, and their daughters have always played, before they played softball, they played t-ball, and they literally live at the ballpark. Mm-hmm. Now, if that's, if that's what you'd like to do as a family, I, I don't know that there's anything wrong with it. I don't want to do it because 
I just uh, I think my life should be about me because I'm just a bad Christian <laughs> like that. But don't sugarcoat it. But what happens is these events are getting. More, he talks about how they're getting more and more professionalized, where kids are having to travel, and it's taking them true. away from Sunday worship. And parents are like, "Well, we couldn't go because JP had a ball game." Or, I just made up JP. If so, if there's anybody named JP in your church, that's uh, uh, yeah. We're just letting Emmanuel talk about this completely. Yeah. <laughs> coincidental so it's um, called the general stake and he says you hear excuses like but the team needs all the players and we can't lead the team you can't let the team down and he says it never occurs to them that the church body is being deprived of a necessary body part or that God is marginalized and disobeyed um, we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together states God in Hebrews ten twenty five. I actually disagree with him on that point um, the Bible does say that that's because you don't like going to church uh, no I I, I <laughs> But I don't, I don't know that that rises to the level of like a commandment, um, because the Bible doesn't say how often we need to assemble. I mean, there was a time in America when people went to church once a month. So I'm just listening. You're not going to say anything. Nope. You, you're not going to go ahead and take this. the bait, Chase. Preacher, you're not going to comment on this. A preacher talking about church attendance is a recipe for everybody getting mad at you. So I, I'm <laughs> you've, just gonna, you've learned this over the years. Oh yeah, I, I, I put my foot in my mouth too much. I'm okay, just sit and back s- and relax. And so I, I, I agree with him that I do think that it has become not just ball, but a lot of activities have become idols. Um, like my life is not to be lived watching my kids do stuff. Now see, my my I'm I'm selfish like you, probably, and I don't know that it's selfish. But here, here's the thing: I, I, if I spend, I've got so many kids, and we just keep having them. So <laughs> yeah. if I spend, you know, all call, of you know what causes that, right? I do. I just said that because do, people with a lot of kids, everybody always say people with a lot of kids hate to hear that. Mm-hmm. So I so I always well, say it when I get a chance. Family has ever been asked that question? Really? I, I don't. I mean, Chase, you know what causes that, don't you? Not I, even. I do. Yes. We got to ask nobody's it. Nobody's ever asked me that. Literally. We've, we've got to ask. We've got to ask that with the with our newest one that's on the way. Do you know what? You know what causes that? Yeah. Which has been seven years since my wife's been pregnant. I'm like, yes, we know what causes it, and we've been doing that. Okay, all right, straight up, straight <laughs> so up. So for these seven years, this it, is it just... Is, we're all talking about sex, right? Yeah, that's what causes it. Yeah, we're talking about sex. Okay, okay. Yeah, sex causes it. I thought I knew that. But. Or you could say, yes, I like it, which is why we keep having kids. I know what causes it, and I enjoy that. Okay. You don't want to... You still just staying back? Okay, yeah, Here, here's the thing. I, we have so back. many kids. If I if 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 I spend all of their childhood just centered on doing the things that they want to do, when they're all grown up and they can start their lives focusing on what they want to do on their own time, yeah. I'm going to be old and not be able to do anything. No, you, you're going to be sitting in the cubicle next to them watching them work because <laughs> because they don't know how to do anything without daddy looking at them. <laughs> without them watching. Which, which brings up another issue about making your children idols, not just sports and activities. Okay. The, I actually think it's unhealthy to like. I will say, th- that, this is two things I will say. Number one, I'm on record on this podcast of saying, in particular, I think that the playing of sports on Sundays, and I know that's not what this article is about. It, it, it's it's, it's, it's mostly about that. It is it mostly is, about that. It is completely uh, unnecessary to play sports on Sundays, uh, right. to, to play kids' sports I, on I Sundays. And I know this because I played sports going up. And we never did anything on Sundays, and we were all fine. Uh, and and I said on this mm-hmm. podcast that if Christian parents did not stand up against that when their 
because it started off like, oh, we're just going to do one game Can this you season. Speed this up just a little bit. I know you got somewhere to yeah. be. I know. Uh, we, <laughs> if if it started off, we're just going to do one game a year on a Sunday afternoon or whatever. And I said, hey, look, mm-hmm. if Christian parents don't stand up and say, look, we're not going to do anything like that on Sunday. They're gonna they're gonna just keep doing it, and they are. It's growing and growing and growing and growing, and I think it's completely unnecessary. I agree with you. By and that's the way, and that's what he says. I'm compromising in that area. <laughs> that's David's, and that's what he said. He David's says rant. almost overnight we have waking to the sad fact that in many communities, sports has even usurped the hours believers meet on the Lord's Day, and all too often members are saying to church leaders, "We'll be gone next Sunday because of the soccer tournament." In turn, leaders are supposed to acquiesce humbly. After all, we can't afford to appear legalistic. That's what Chase just said. I, I'm not against missing church every now and then as much as <laughs> some of my brothers. <laughs> but I will say this. like Even saying, well, the soccer game doesn't start till 1230 or, or 1245. Well, you're still like it, – yeah. it, there's still a rush. There's still a – sometimes you got to leave a little early. And then just, you know, if – like some of our – here at the Hall of Dogma Church – Doing things on a Sunday afternoon after church, we have people go to lunch together and things like that. It it interferes with that. So I, I'm just not a fan. I just don't think it's necessary mm-hmm. to do that. I don't think it's necessary to – and, again, another one of my rants is – I know you got to go, but, but, but another one of my rants is just we've completely lost the art and idea of Sabbath and resting, and we're rushing – place to place to place to place and we're squeezing in stuff on Sunday afternoons now that need to go and be done uh, and I, I just think it's pointless like Have, podcast like podcast yeah <laughs> having said that I'm sure yeah absolutely I, I I have my own areas where I do it and it's just you know the sports thing's not a big deal to me I, I will say this from a parental standpoint and I, I when we teach parenting classes I talk about this. I don't think parents it is I don't think it's our responsibility to give our children tons and tons and tons of experiences and like you're not a bad parent if they're not enrolled in some type of sport year round. Amen. They're going to be okay. I do think I do think as a parent that if you see that as your kid is getting older that God has gifted them in a certain way. They have a propensity for something. And they're they're gifted in that um, to say, hey, I want to help foster that gifting. I want to, you know, maybe it's a musical instrument or maybe it is some type of athletic uh, sport. I'm not against that. I'm not against that. I'm not against you helping them. But there's a difference to me in recognizing how your child is gifted and helping to foster that and 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 let them you know, go out and, and, and practice that thing they're talented in. There's a difference in that in feeling like your child has to be involved in something year-round because everybody else is doing that, and I want to give them these great experiences. They're going to be okay. I, I really do think they, they have to know that, like, all of life is not about them. Uh, revolved around them. Exactly. And because it's, if they think that, then they'll think that when they're And I worry about that well. more than I do about anything else. And that's why I tell my wife, I was like, look, she just, my daughter does not need us to drop everything all the time to watch her do stuff. Because when she gets in the real world and realizes that life is not about her, she's going to be shocked. I'm a teacher. I teach college students. And 
invariably they think the life is about them. And I was like, no, this is my classroom. It's a life is about me. And if, <laughs> you know, it's, I, I'm not your parents. I don't care how cute you were as a kid. I know you think stuff should be catered to you, but I'm going to flunk you. <laughs> and I'm going to sleep like a baby after I do it because life isn't about you. But, but there is a, I, I mean, I do want to say, and I think you, you said it earlier, there is a difference in that and just, it, you know, hey, we play whatever. If you said our family's involved in baseball, you know, yeah. or, or soccer, and we just really enjoy it, and it's good family time, and I coach my kids' team, and and, and knock yourself out, and I and and that's that's something that we do. I mean, my kids played soccer years ago, and it actually was kind of a fun evening. We practiced once a week, and it was kind of a fun evening because. It actually gave me time. They had practices back-to-back, so I would play with one of the kids while the other one was practicing, and then they would flip. And it was actually just fun to get out there and kind of run around with them. Nothing wrong with that at all. I'm not against that. And if that's what you want to do, and our kids are involved in a variety of activities, and we have yeah. a, we have ways that we do that in our home to try to keep from being too busy at once. But it very easily, like anything else, can cross a line. And – and I do think yeah. there are things that we should be teaching our children, children, including how to be involved in a church body, how to serve in that church body, and sometimes those things get um, ignored at the expense of I've got to be involved in all these activities. And that's what's concerning to me if, if it crosses that line. Well said. Well said. It's not about the sports or the, or the activity. It's about where, the, where it's placed in your life. Um, Chase, you guys think that? I think he has to be at a soccer game. He <laughs> I do have to be at a soccer game. I am frustrated with Sunday games. I, I agree with you that they're not necessary. We have taken a stand and missed a few. I, my policy is I don't mind going to Sunday games if they're not during the gathering of believers. Um, but I, I'm not crazy about it. I think I think ultimately um, it is easy for sports to become an a uh, an idol and I think every participant in sports that's a Christian especially you know especially if your kids are in it it, it is a good idea to wrestle with the question uh, are we uh, you know as I, I think it's Spurgeon was it Spurgeon that said we're all idol factories um, it, we we can make idols out of so many different things Tozer, uh, was it Tozer? maybe it was Tozer yeah. um, anyway I think the sentiment overall is true it is it is easy for us to idolize things and children, et cetera, um, and so I think this is a big deal. Now, relative to the church attendance thing, I have nothing to say about that. Let it be known. Let it be spoken. <laughs> <laughs> Chase is fine with church is not Chase is not legalistic when it comes to your church attendance. Um, he thinks no one knows better than you when you should attend church better than you do, mm. and uh, I might have something to say about that. <laughs> So all you people who are absent today at Agape for various reasons, um, just know that you're on there Chase's. There a whole lot of people absent today. Only. You're on Chase's naughty list. And I think you. I think you driving by people's houses in the morning, <laughs> shouting at them, be at church them. today, yeah. <laughs> or be in danger of eternal fires. I think that really helps yeah. in drumming people. And up. the amazing grace horn that I, when I lay down <laughs> on it, it plays. Uh, yeah. yeah, it helps. I think it helps. Whatever it takes. Well, all right, guys, this has been fun. General, we appreciate you uh, taking time from 
all of your daughter's activities to come out here for the day. Yeah, she's only got two right now, eating and sleeping. <laughs> uh, well, she, actually, she plays a little bit now, so. Probably does something other than eating and sleeping, too. Nick's talking about pooping. Yeah. Well, who doesn't? Chase, I know you're texting your wife over there, probably letting her know that you're gonna be a little David late. and Emmanuel won't be quiet, so that's why you're late. <laughs> I did not. Yeah. I just said I was about to leave. So uh, you can um, check out our past episodes on our website, thegospelfriends.com. Yep. Uh, or, as we've mentioned earlier, check our Facebook page out, hallofdogma.com. You have to ask to be let in. Uh, if you're lucky enough that Chase is around uh, when you ask to be let in, <laughs> you'll probably be fine. You are in like Flynn because he will approve just about anybody. Um, some of the rest of us are going to make sure you're not spam. Uh, Emmanuel's back in the hall. The general, after an absence, he's back in the hall. So that's yeah. that's reason enough to join right there. Yep, he keeps yeah. it interesting. I was gone for a while. You back? Needed a break. Yeah, sometimes you do. Yeah. I let a Nigerian in the hall the other day. Is that the guy that was um, trying to sell stuff, spamming us? I don't know. Later did, on, did we get a spammer? I'm, we I had missed a, we, it if we did. We've had two spammers. You let in the last yeah. few months. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I just meant in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I don't know. know. All right. Well, next week uh, or at some point, we'll be back with episode ninety-eight. <laughs> at some point, that sounds hopeful. D- depending on how the soccer schedule works out. Depending on how our soccer games go. Yep. Uh, but we appreciate you tuning in for this episode, and hope you'll join us the next time when you might hear David say. It's time to go home to my smoking hot wife. What do you guys think about that? (laughs) Oh, no comment.